breaching the fault lines of today. Welcome to Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Dr. Zudi Jasser, and we're back with Reform This. Week to week, this is where you find that voice of rationalism, that voice of patriotism, an American Muslim willing to take on the powers that be, the establishment, the Islamist establishment. And this week, I think, is especially poignant as the United States celebrates our Declaration of Independence, our independence and our Constitution. July 4th. July 4th has a lot of meaning to many people, and I think it brings home what we're trying to do with reform in the Muslim community, what we're trying to do with reform against theocracy, because that's exactly what our founding fathers did when they brought freedom and created the United States of America. They were humble and understood that they were recognizing unalienable rights under our Creator, under God, and they brought to fruition a country that now stands that now stands two hundred and forty-three years as the longest, most successful experiment in democracy in in the history of mankind. And I've talked to you before about why I personally, why my family, why I'm patriotic, why I love this country. But I think ultimately there's been a division, a polarization going on to where even on holidays like July 4th, our country cannot cease but to have folks, leaders, especially on the left, that seek to divide us, that seek to recognize in some kind of self-righteousness that only they understand patriotism and that their disgust for certain things that happen in the United States is their form of patriotism. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the impact that that has upon our youth, upon vulnerable collectives and those who listen to our communities in a tribal collective. And that's what happens to minorities. That's what happens how the left hijacks many of those in our communities. The Muslim who gave to quite a bit of controversy because of his own background, I've talked about it here, Omar Suleiman from Texas gave the invo- gave an invocation to Congress at the request of Nancy Pelosi and his congresswoman in Texas And his background, his comments about America, his comments about Jews, his comments about Israel were quite controversial, but that blew over with nary a recognition from mainstream America of his radicalism. Well, on July 4th now, he tweets out, he founded the Yaqeen Institute. Omar Suleiman also speaks at Al-Maghrib and many Salafi neo-Salafian Islamist organizations across the country. You may not know what all those are, but bottom line is, is they are fundamentalists. They are, so they call themselves often moderating influences, progressive, but their barometer of progressive is their 
fealty for the left. It really has nothing to do with their internal recognition of women's rights, their internal recognition of equality of all, rejection of blasphemy laws, rejection of apostasy laws, or the intellectual consistency by by which they would begin to represent a new school of Sharia, a new school of Islamic thought. They've not done that. Well, Omar Sulaiman this week decides to tweet out and write on Facebook the following. He says, He says the following. Freedom cannot be invoked when we have the largest incarcerated, and he wrote this on July 4th, when we have the largest incarcerated population in the world and children being locked up in cages. America is a work in progress, and the most patriotic Americans are those that demand it live up to its promise. I will not be speaking at or praying at any July 4th celebration this year, not because I hate America, but because I want her to love all of her people, unquote. He said, I feel fully American. I love my country. At the same time, we often conflate patriotism with nationalism. A demand for loyalty is not the same as a demand to live up to your ideals. This is why Colin Kaepernick, for instance, faced the backlash he did. I could not in good faith celebrate the 4th of July, says Omar Suleiman, after standing in front of an ICE detention center in Texas watching kids being separated from their families. I simply could not in good faith participate in the usual respectability politics the day demands. He said, we are witnessing an emergence of a a certain radical form of right supremacy which deserves nothing less than a radical response. Deserves nothing less than a radical response. Some people saw my Facebook post as extreme. But I am extreme in my pursuit of justice. I am sick of celebrating what America is supposed to be before we've gotten there. It is not an American to critique America. Now, listen. This this mental jujitsu where he he co-ops patriotism in order to self-righteously denigrate the nation that gives him freedom. Self-righteously absolve himself of the need to work on Muslim reform, to recognize the radicalization that he, as an Islamic leader, as an imam that could begin to write new sharia, do ishtihad, which is modern interpretation of scripture in light of modern day. No, no, that's not that could be his skill set and his leadership skills, but no, he's using it to say that America is a radical white supremacist-dominated country that is putting kids in cages uh, that really, if you look at the politics of it, the cages were actually used by Obama's administration, and he didn't seem to care back in 15, 14, 16 when it was done. And they need to be detained until it's figured out what they, the thousands upon thousands, the hundreds of thousands that came to the border, what their intent is in coming here. So detention centers... They can't be just open borders in which people just flow right in, and they can't be sent back if they're seeking so-called asylum. So where would you like them to be kept? That's the practical response 
the emotional response, which is so important to us as American Muslims, because the emotional response, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly why American Muslims are radicalized. They are radicalized after they listen to the tongue of Omar Suleiman. His words basically tell young American Muslims that this country is bigoted. This country, whether you're Hispanic or Muslim or Arabic or black, hates you. He sympathized with Colin Kaepernick, and Colin Kaepernick, thanks to... thanks to... Nike was given a platform and all of a sudden he was acting like he was the CEO of Nike where a flag, Betsy Ross's flag that represented the revolution, the American revolution against theocracy, didn't represent slavery, didn't represent all the other faults and and uh, aspects that we sought to correct that we did through a civil war. This was part of an American revolution that built the greatest democracy on the planet. Yes, it's a work in progress. But the general sentiment, here's a guy, talk about hypocrisy, his self-righteousness, his self-righteous indignation about America, he never shows about Islam. The interpretation of Islam dominated by radical clerics across the planet, and especially in this country where from the pulpits you see American Muslims often denigrate Jews, denigrate Israel, reject the Holocaust, all these things that he says nothing about. Khalid Abu al-Fadl, look him up. Khalid Abu al-Fadl was on the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, was a so-called Bush acknowledged moderate Muslim, has written books on Islam and democracy and about the need to reform hadith on any any even somewhat respectable scholar's evaluation, seems to be doing self-reflection, but yet he had a apoplectic response to a mosque in California that refused to allow him to give a eulogy of praise and flowing admiration for Muhammad Morsi upon his death. This guy, Khalid Abel Fadl, is a Egyptian origin. I've always had my suspicions that he was a Muslim Brotherhood sympathizer. Why? Because he never criticized the Brotherhood, never took them on, and now clearly has made himself out to be an obvious Islamist. He he had a a visceral response to the Islamic Center in Southern California that refused to give him that podium. He called them, uh, I don't know if it was like the devil or what he said, but bottom line, look it up. The Islamic Islamist Watch at the Middle East Forum has an uh, excellent review of that. And and I bring this up when talking about Omar Sayyid because so many of these imams get wrapped around the axle about things that are related to their core issues, be it collectivist Islamist responses, be it pro-Muslim Brotherhood responses, be it anti-American, anti-Israel responses, but then when it comes to getting wrapped around the axle about the treatment of women, about the treatment of, of, of apostates, about the Islamic law pushed on the textbooks of every shelf of the vast majority of mosques across this country, you don't hear not even a word, not even a whisper. 
They talk about it in the quiets of the halakas on Friday night, the, the discussion circles, but not publicly, not on Twitter, not from the pulpits, and not from their self-righteous indignation with which they reject speaking. Well, you know what, Omar Suleiman, alhamdulillah, thank God, as they say in Arabic, thank God you're not speaking on July 4th because your denigration of this country is not welcome. The words that you would say would not be welcome. At least not from me and not from many patriots. And we are not ashamed of our patriotism. And you cannot push it aside as a pro forma patriotism that's sort of collectivized upon you. No. We are critical of our country. We are critical of the policies of whether it be Democrat or Republican. I have done so repeatedly. But I also, as a Muslim and as an American, am proud to give my kids to give my kids and our legacy a sense that the, the, this country gives us far more good than bad, that this country gives us a sense of a type of system, a contract, a social contract with our fellow citizens that no other country on the planet gives us and we wouldn't trade for the world. This sentiment of the rubric that is Americanism is something we should be proud of and we should be teaching. We should be teaching our kids what it is to be free, to believe in American liberty. And I reject the likes of Omar Suleiman, the likes of Khalid Abu al-Fadl, the likes of Siraj Wahaj, and all these imams of the millennial generation that, that uh, uh, some of them are not millennials, but they're speaking to millennials and they're telling them that the the Islamist mindset is theirs. They reject Americanism. And they say, he said, we often conflate patriotism with nationalism. Now listen, nationalism has been an idea that has become, that has in history been so toxic as to create genocides. We see this in the Middle East. We saw it in Hitler's Germany. We see it in Assad, Syria. In Iraq's Saddam Hussein, Ba'athism, these parties that hijack their own nationalism. But if that nationalism is rooted in liberty, in a declaration of independence that talks about the equality of all, if that nationalism is rooted in a declaration against theocracy, then by God, that is a beautiful nationalism. That flag then carries meaning. So on the one hand, Suleiman rejects and says that patriotism, we conflate patriotism with nationalism. On the other hand, he wraps himself in the flag by saying that he will not speak on July 4th. Well, all he does is criticize and call us a white nationalist country. And his colleagues at the Council on American-Islamic Relations and others reject Memorial Day, reject Veterans Day because they say our soldiers commit war crimes. Again, hating the institutions that are American. Ilhan Omar, Congressman Omar from Minnesota, on a program called... BET, Black Coffee Live, Black Entertainment Television, 
said she wants to basically eliminate the Customs and Border Patrol. She wants to eliminate ICE. She said, we have rogue, a quote, we have rogue agencies that have no accountability, no transparency in how they conduct their business. We know they have been spoken in the most vile way about immigrants. We know they have certain views about what brown and black people deserve. We should be having a conversation about eliminating their existence. Reforming the agencies that deal with our most vulnerable, our children and women. And we are continuing to allow for them to terrorize people who are running away from most horrific circumstances. And that's one inhumane and that can't seat well with the American values that we have. Talk about gaslighting, right? So gaslighting is when a psychological torture is done upon, a, a psychological gymnastics is done upon society, upon the public in which propagandists like Ilhan Omar, like Omar Suleiman, lie, presents fiction as fact, and then will shout and scream and exaggerate. We saw AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, go to the border this week and, and exploit the crisis that's happening where the Democrats are not funding, will not pass any legislation to provide adequate funding for housing, and yet still she fabricated claiming that a family told her that they're drinking out of the toilet, claiming that she was threatened by CBP officers. Just absurd. She's gaslighting America. And that was given time on most networks. As she tweeted, complete fabrications with no accountability to facts. And then Ilhan Omar now goes on BET and on and on. The red-green access begins to exaggerate from their megaphones, as they call it themselves, to exaggerate from the megaphones the reality of what is America, and they take with it the 350-plus million Americans that work hard every day to keep this country safe, to keep it successful, maligning our troops, maligning our officers, maligning our civil servants. And if that doesn't radicalize the American Muslim population, I don't know what does. So you see, and this is why I'm doing this work on this podcast at the American Islamic Forum for Democracy and elsewhere. If we people of conscience do not begin to rally together, to put things into perspective, that's what my complaint is on this July 4th weekend. My complaint is why can we not hold anybody accountable to perspective anymore? Tell me, please. I, I don't understand why perspective is so ignored. Yes, America has its faults. Yes, we are working to improve our current situation. We're working on better border policy. I don't know why we can't build a wall. I don't know why we can't uh, begin to have clearer understanding. Because according to the left, they basically want us to just open the borders and let people just flow in. Caravans of tens of thousands just walk right into El Paso, wherever else they want to to go. That that doesn't make sense. So if you're not going to allow them to flow in, what should be done with them? That's the practical reality. But no, instead, Islamists like Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Omar Suleiman, Khaled Abu al-Fadl, and others will continue to denigrate the very country that we live in 
as they take the gaslighting from folks like AOC and Ilhan Omar and use it to tell our kids that this country is not the greatest country in the world, even on our holidays. Fine, you want to discuss? For I mean, first of all, limit yourself to facts. But if you're not going to limit yourself to facts, then I don't want to hear it. If you're going to limit yourself to facts, at least on our holidays, July 4th, talk about the reason you're here. Talk about why you're proud to be an American. But why our soldiers keep us free? Why is that so hard to do? On July 4th, 1776, a day that not only gave birth to a nation, but would eventually give birth to the ideas of liberty and freedom and transform the lens through which the world is viewed. I tell my kids, you know, that we're Americans that are blessed with freedom. Although far too often we callously neglect to consider the bloodshed and sacrifice that made it possible. In many nations across the world, Human beings remain enslaved under oppressive totalitarian regimes held captive by evil despots who deprive their people of the most basic human rights. To those without the gift of freedom, America remains a beacon of hope. President Washington stated in his first inaugural address, the preservation of the sacred fire of liberty and the destiny of the Republican model of government are justly considered as deeply, perhaps as finally, staked on the experiment entrusted to the hands of the American people. He made it clear that it's the responsibility of the American people to defend liberty against the evil, tyrannical forces who seek to destroy it. And failing to do so subjects future generations once again to oppression that is unfathomable to a majority of those fortunate enough to be free. America bestowed upon humanity its legacy of individual freedoms. As we relish this week in the fundamental freedom set forth in the Bill of Rights, let us never forget our responsibility to preserve their sanctity for the benefit of future generations. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the way we counter-radicalize, is the way we build a stronger country. Because as, as Abraham Lincoln said, our country ultimately will only be destroyed if it ever is from within. And that's what we're seeing with the red-green axis. They're using fabricated stories, exaggerated stories to destroy the concept, the idea that is Americanism, that is freedom and liberty in order to bring to us a collectivist tyranny of the likes of Maduro, of the likes of China, of the likes of Russia, to bring that here against republicanism, against freedom. These heroes that have kept us free have stood in defense of Lady Liberty so that her torch may always burn bright and be a beacon of light for the oppressed. So don't just, you know, don't just celebrate the blessings of liberty and freedom, but let us aspire to advance these ideas in hopes that they eventually become universal values across the globe. What's so wrong with that? America has done so much good in history. Why can't we reflect about it for some time? Why can't we? You saw all the nonsense about President Trump's speech, about him using a few tanks and Bradley fighting vehicles and jet flyovers. 
and you saw the left compare that to martial law, how tyrannies, despots use militaries for their rallies. Are you serious? They forget that inside the tank driving that, driving those jets, flying those jets, are our sons and daughters. Martial law is effectuated by a military that are thugs, that will bomb innocents, that will destroy helpless men and women and children. That's what the Syrian military is. And I know as the son of immigrants that escaped one of the most ruthless militaries on the planet in Syria. And you talk to Chinese dissidents that escaped that military. You talk to Iranian dissidents, Russian dissidents. Those militaries will come in and carpet bomb a neighborhood in order to make an example out of them. So yeah, it's a different meaning when Putin has his jets flying over that are carpet bombing neighborhoods in Syria. It's a very different meaning when Assad has his military tanks going down the streets or Castro when he was running Cuba or Maduro. Those are tin pot dictators, two-bit dictators. Our commander-in-chief, regardless of what you think of President Trump, runs one of the most moral fighting forces on the planet. We just saw a Navy SEAL stand trial because some of his colleagues thought that he committed a war crime. He went through due process and a, and a jury of his peers, of other military officers, acquitted him and he was still convicted of a crime which was taking a picture with a dead ISIS soldier. But then he's released. He got a discharge. And Officer Gallagher was released. So these examples, regardless of what you think about what you think happened with Gallagher... We had due process, and I will still stand by every one of our officers I've ever known in my 11 years that it is the most moral fighting force on the planet. Is this what Omar Suleiman is teaching his kids and from the pulpits that the U.S. military, the U.S. civil servants are moral? That if you happen to run into them, that these are folks that you would trust with your lives? Is that what they're teaching? Because if they're not, I would really ask them, why are you here? Why don't you go to Canada? Go to Europe where you think the military is stronger. Again, you can disagree with policy. You can say the border policy should be different. That's fine. We can have that narrative. But there's no need, like Ilhan Omar said on BET this week, comparing them to war criminals. Terrorists, she called them. That's absurd. That, ladies and gentlemen, is un-American. And there's no evidence, no evidence to bear that true. And that's gaslighting, it's dishonest, and it's just simply attempting through hyperbole to take the megaphone. So 
So I beg you, if you really want to not radicalize American Muslims, work with American Muslims that love, that truly love this country, that are working to leave it a better place, that are working to really put it in perspective to what our families left. Hats off to Governor Doug Ducey in Arizona here for telling Nike to take their you-know-what and go packing. They were giving them subsidies here for incentives to come. And as soon as they decided to let Kaepernick make CEO-level decisions and, and take a shoe off the market that had a Betsy Ross flag that was being marketed around July 4th, he said, you know what, that's not the attitude that Arizona voters, that Arizona citizens generally like. And we don't need it here. And we're still the fastest, one of the fastest growing economies of any state in the country. Meanwhile, the New York Times putting out a video, a five-minute video, saying America's not great. It's just okay. And they're doing this jujitsu of statistics in which they're claiming that due to our infant mortality rates, uh, poverty rates, etc., that America is not great. Not only is that deceptive, I mean, the left now really is no longer even ashamed of denigrating this country. You can criticize, again, policy. You can criticize certain statistics, but general overriding statements that basically say that this country is just to, just to denigrate it. Why is it okay to do that for a country, but you wouldn't do that with a human being? Or you do it with a human being that you don't agree with, but you don't do it for your own family. Because our identities, our personal identities are related to our families, our ethnicity, and our nationality. So just as you wouldn't take an individual and make blanket statements that denigrate them, you wouldn't take an ethnicity and make blanket statements, why make a blanket statement about America? Why? And that's what the whole far-left anti-flag mentality is all about. As President George Washington said, he said, liberty, when it begins to take root, is a plant of rapid growth. And Khalil Gibran, an Arab poet, said, life without liberty is like a body without spirit. That's the America that I know, and that's the one that we celebrated this week on July 4th. And I remember the value of religion, and this is why I do this podcast, is religious power, religious strength is so necessary in this democracy. Just because I denigrate and I reject theocracy to expose it for what it is, which is a supremacist ideology, that's the supremacism we should be exposing, not Americanism. You listening, Omar Suleiman? But religious adherence is important in democracy. Alexis de Tocqueville said, I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her commodious harbors and her ample rivers, and it was not there. In her fertile fields and boundless forests, and it was not there. In her rich mines and her vast world commerce, and it was not there. In her democratic congress, and her matchless constitution, and it was not there. 
Not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits aflame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. America is great because she is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. I get goosebumps reading that. As a Muslim, I see that. And he's talking about the goodness, whether they're Christians. At the time, obviously, our founding fathers were all from a Christian theology or extraction, be they deists or whatever form of Christianity they were following. They were Christians. And what the Tukhavu is saying is that their goodness to be good under God is what made this democracy great and not in need of martial law. And this is what we should teach other faiths, especially Muslims that are hanging on to Islamist identity politics and collectivism. I tell them, listen, under God, a constitution protects your right to reject certain practices of what people think is Islam, but is actually simply theocracy and you be you live in a country as free as this allows you to be as muslim or as unmuslim as you want to be because that's the laboratory that god wants to be able to judge you i believe and thus makes you be the most human the most free and the ability to create and do what you want to have that american dream the best antidote to radicalization is freedom is liberty prevents theocracy it prevents oppression through religious through whatever it might be but you need the values of a devout population i believe or at least the belief together that we share certain values that prevent us from wanting to coerce others into those values that is the experiment that i think has been so successful Yes, I believe that I have faith that generally the vast, vast majority of American soldiers that, that I meet, our sons and daughters in service, are moral people who I would trust with my life. The police in my city, in my county, the, the, the Custom and Border Patrol, protection officers, CBP, the ICE officers, I trust them with my life. Are there bad actors? Sure. Are there Facebook pages in which they said things that are bigoted? Some of them, possibly, just like any humanity, there are bigots among them. But it's a small, small fraction. It's interesting how these imams love to insist, oh, the radical Muslims are a small, small fraction. But the CBP guys are all terrorists. They're all white supremacists. We need to exterminate. We need to completely end these services it's just nonsense the hypocrisy is just rank help me ladies and gentlemen begin to lift up muslims our muslim reform movement has muslims that love our countries be it the united states canada europe wherever it might be we reject political islamists we reject we need to start giving platforms to muslims that love this country and celebrated the fourth with waving our flag be it the betsy ross version or the newer version without shame with pride and that trust our government, that trust our services. Yes, we're critical. Yes, we have tough love. But first and foremost, we realize that the best experiment in humanity ever has been the United States government and our Constitution especially. This is Zudi Jasser. 
on Reform This. Hope you had a blessed fourth. We'll see you next week. Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser on the Blaze Radio Network.